You are listening to the Awaken Natchitoches podcast. Awaken Church is a diverse community of authentic love and hope where you can belong as you change and change as you follow Jesus. Heaven is real. <laughs> now, when you think about heaven, I mean, heaven, what will it be like? What what images come to mind when you think of heaven? And, and, and if you've been in church for a minute or if you've heard stories or people talk or seen even movies and TV shows, you probably think of pearly gates, right? You think of a stairway or a ladder leading up to the clouds. And that's probably what you think about, right? Uh, clouds and and and, and uh, streets that are gold and maybe a maybe you have a mansion for a house and you have all these images that come to mind with with heaven. Well, today we're continuing our, Re- our revelation series. We're calling "Living in the Apocalypse." And remember that apocalypse means revealed. It means full disclosure, not end of the world. So the apocalypse of uh, 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 of John, who is the writer of this, the apocalypse is the revelation or the full disclosure of God's plan for us. And the purpose of this letter that we call Revelation is to reveal who Jesus truly is and to encourage followers of Jesus to persevere through the struggle. And maybe you know what it's like to struggle. I know I certainly do. Well, today we're going to do, uh, we're going to be in Revelations 4 and 5, two chapters again this week, yes, um, and hang on, here's what I want you to do, I want you to listen as I read the words of these two chapters, just listen, uh, yeah, get your Bible and open it up and, and get ready to, to, to look as we dig deeper in just a few minutes, but, but, but first of all, before you read along with me, I want you to just listen and try to picture the scene, now if you're listening to, to the sermon podcast while you're, while you're driving or doing something else me do it safely don't just close your eyes and and do that but if you can just try to picture this scene then as I looked I saw a door standing open in heaven and the same voice I heard before spoke to me like a trumpet blast the voice said come up here and I will show you what must happen after this And instantly I was in the spirit, and I saw a throne in heaven and someone sitting on it. The one sitting on the throne was as brilliant as gemstones, like jasper and carnelian. And the glow of an emerald circled his throne like a rainbow. Twenty-four thrones surrounded him, and twenty-four elders sat on them. They were all clothed in white and had gold crowns on their heads. From the throne came flashes of lightning and the rumble of thunder. And in, in the front of the throne were seven torches with, se- with, with burning flames. This is the sevenfold spirit of God. And in the front of the throne was a shiny sea of glass sparkling like crystal. In the center and around the throne were four living beings, each covered with eyes front and back. The first of these living beings was like a lion. The second was like an ox. The third had a human face. And the fourth was like an eagle in flight. Each of these living beings had six wings. And their wings were covered all over with eyes, inside and out. Day after day and night after night, they kept on saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, the one who always was, who is, and who is still to come. Whenever the living beings give glory and honor and thanks to the one sitting on the throne, the one who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down and worship the one sitting on the throne, the one who lives forever and ever. And they lay their crowns before the throne and say, You are worthy, O Lord our God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things and they exist because you created what you pleased. And then I saw a scroll in the right hand of the one who was sitting on the throne. 
there was writing on the outside, the inside and the outside of the scroll, and it was sealed with seven seals. And I saw a, a strong angel who shouted with a loud voice, Who is worthy to break the seals on the scroll and open it? But no one in heaven or earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll and read it. Then I began to weep bitterly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll and read it. But one of the 24 elders said to me, Stop weeping! Look, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the heir to David's throne, has won the victory. He is worthy to open the scroll and its seven seals. Then I saw a lamb that looked as if it had been slaughtered, and it is now standing between the throne and the four living beings and among the 24 elders. He had seven horns and seven eyes, which represent the sevenfold Spirit of God that is sent out into every part of the earth. He stepped forward and took the scroll from the right hand of the one sitting on the throne. And when he took the scroll, the four living beings and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb. Each one had a harp, and they had gold bowls filled with incense, which are the prayers of God's people. And they sang a new song with these words, you are worthy to take the scroll and break its seals and open it. For you were slaughtered, and your blood has ransomed people for God, from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have caused them to become a kingdom of priests for our God, and they will reign on the earth. Then I looked again, and I heard the voices of thousands and millions of angels around the throne, and all the living beings and the elders, and they sang in a mighty chorus, Worthy is the Lamb who was slaughtered to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea, and they sang, Blessing and honor and glory and power belong to the one sitting on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. And the four living beings said, Amen. And the twenty-four elders fell down and worshipped the Lamb. What a scene heaven it's a it's a worship scene in heaven and here's our big idea as we dig in to what, what what can we learn from this how can we grow how can we become more like jesus from this here it is the big idea heaven is more than a future destination heaven is a present reality of hope okay heaven is more than a future destination heaven is a present reality of hope and there's a few thoughts about heaven and how heaven is real that I want to kind of sit in for, for a few minutes on each one. And the first one is this. We have to enter in through the door. Heaven is, is a present reality of hope, but we have to enter in through the door. He says in, in, in verse 1 of chapter 4, I saw a door standing open in heaven and a voice like a trumpet blast. Now the expression a door standing, standing open in heaven reveals that the unseen realm of God is deeply involved with the, the affairs of our visible, visible reality. It's like the spiritual reality, the things that God's doing that we can't really see. Well, it's very involved in the things we can see. And a door, a door grants entrance to a different perspective, right? So Jesus is our door. Our door is Jesus, an entrance into the spiritual perspective. Jesus said of himself in John 10, 9, I'm the gate. The gate is a door. Uh, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. Wherever they go, they will find green pastures. So then, then the voice of Jesus sounds like a trumpet blast, 
and keeping in mind that the original readers of this letter had a deep relationship with what we call the Old Testament, the Torah, the prophets, the teachings, they, they would understand that the trumpet blast is a call to action or a call to worship. That is an under, they, they, they see trumpet blast in the letter. They hear trumpet blast from this vision, and they know this is a call to action or a call to worship because God, the supreme judge, is present and has something to say. Now, trumpets in Scripture most often announce the impending presence of God to bring a judgment, to, to judge. And it says here in verse 4, 24 thrones surrounded the one sitting on the ultimate throne. Then 24 elders sat on them. They were clothed in white and had gold crowns on their head. So the 24 elders, they, they actually represent the redeemed of both covenants. To this, the, the old covenant, the first covenant, of those who are born into the family of Jacob, all those who have put their faith in Jesus from this covenant. And the new were those reborn to the family of God through Jesus. So, so this is us. This is, this is, we are the, the redeemed of the covenant of Jesus. Now, the thrones represent positions of influence. And we must recognize that we are called to be a major influence in our culture. Ephesians 2.6 says, He raises us from the dead along with Christ. He, he does this now. He, he raised us from the dead along with Christ, and we are seated with Him in the heavenly realms. All because of the one, we are one with Christ Jesus. And so God can always point to us as examples of the incredible wealth of His favor and kindness toward us, as shown in all He has done for us through Christ Jesus. Now, in the Revelation letter, chapter 5, verse 8 says, The twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb, each one with a harp and a gold bowl filled with incense, and they sang a new song. The elders bow down. They carry harps. They're showing they, showing they sing praises to Jesus. They lay down their lives and surrender to Him. This is, this is a picture of us. Every time we sing praises to His name and say, Your will be done. Whenever we pray that your will be done, we are surrendering. We are we we are bowing down, <laughs> in a nest, falling down before the Lamb. Every time we sing His praises, we have we're bringing gold uh, bowls filled with incense through the praises that we bring to Jesus. Now the the, uh, the elders they also carry bowls of, of incense, which are the prayers of God's people. And it says uh, uh, what this shows us is that God desires that we have an intimate relationship with Him, and the essence of His of this relationship is prayer. Guys, God desires to have an intimate relationship with you, and the essence of this relationship, what makes it happen, the the the, the communication of this relationship is prayer. You should know that your prayers are precious to God. They are regarded like the beautiful aroma of incense filling the space of heaven. <laughs> All right, now now the weird stuff, okay? Because we got to, you know, let's, let's just be honest here. A little, some of this is kind of weird. Verse cha uh, 6 of chapter 4 says, In the center and around the throne were four living beings, each covered with eyes front and back. Did you picture that as I read it earlier? The first of these... Living beings had the form of a lion. The second looked like an ox. The third had a human face, and the fourth had the the form of an eagle with its wings spread out in, in as though in flight. Now each of these living beings had six wings, and their wings are covered with eyes inside and out. Man, that's a that is something to to, to picture, right? In the days before the temple in Jerusalem. 
The people of Israel were, were nomadic people, and they traveled from place to place, and they had what was called the tabernacle. And if you're familiar with the, the Torah, you probably have read a lot about the tabernacle. It's a special tent of worship that housed the Ark of the Covenant, which was considered to be the footstool of God's throne. Now, when Israel set up camp, there were special precautions taken with the tabernacle. Since the tabernacle represented the habitation of God in their, in their midst, it was always in the center of the camp, surrounded by the twelve tribes. There's four specific tribes, always camped in four specific sides of the tabernacle. They set up the same way every single time. And every tribe had its own emblem, or its own, had its own flag, its own insignia. And on the east side was Judah, which had the banner of a lion. Ephraim was on the west side of the tabernacle with the banner of an ox. Reuben was on the south side with the banner of, of a man, a human. And Dan was the, the tribe on the north side of the tabernacle with their emblem being an eagle. There's a, this, this reference here is being, the, you know, those who were redeemed come around and, and find in the, mid, in the very center of their midst, Jesus. See, the significance of the four creatures is they all represent, that, they represent all creation. That's what the four, four creatures represent. They're all creation reflecting God's character. The lion is a symbol of majesty. A lion is considered the king of beasts, right? God's character. The ox is a symbol of servanthood, uh, you know? An ox is used for work. An ox is brought for sacrifice. It serves by being a sacrifice. Man, God, God, Jesus is our is is ultimately. He he said even of himself, he came to serve, not be served. Man or, or humanity represents intellect, free will, having a conscience. These are all part of God's character, and this is part of how we are up as a part of all creation reflect that. And the eagle. <coughs> The eagle represents power. It has been a, an ancient, and even today, a symbol of, of sovereignty and supremacy. See, this is all creation reflecting the character of God. Probably more details we could get into here, but, but let's move on because there's an event that's going to set up here. It sets the tone for the rest of our series of Revelation. And it's, it's this worship scene in heaven. And, and, and actually, this is a way we can reflect this in our worship of Jesus, when we come together corporately, but also in our own lives. And at the center of this is Jesus, because here's, here's the thought. Jesus alone is worthy of worship. In verse 1 of chapter 5, he writes, I saw a scroll in the right hand of the one sitting on the throne. This is the scroll is a judgment. That's what the scroll is. It's a judgment. And it's setting up the stage for the visions John is going to describe through the rest of Revelation, or at least the, the next 14 chapters, which we're going to get into next week. See, see, John weeps because the scroll is sealed with seven seals. And there seems to be no one worthy to break the seals and, and, and to reveal the word of the Lord. Like there's no one worthy to reveal the word of the Lord here. Then one of the 24 elders says, look at the lion of Judah, the heir to David's throne has won the victory and he's worthy. And then in verse six, he said, he says, I, then I saw a lamb, a lamb that looked as if it had been slaughtered. And the lamb took the scroll from the one sitting on the throne and the entire kingdom worshiped and praised the land. The lion and the lamb are the same. Jesus is the lion and the lamb, one and the same. 
and it says it has, uh, uh, you know, the number seven comes into play here. The number seven symbolizes wholeness and completeness. And, and, and there's, there's, we have to keep reminding ourselves, this is highly symbolic, this, this entire letter. <laughs> there's some re- reality going on in, in the world at this time it's written in, but this is highly symbolic. And when you see the number seven here, we got to remember that seven symbolizes wholeness or completeness. Now, the, lime ha- the lamb has seven horns. That means it's all-powerful because a horn represents power. Seven has uh, uh, the lamb has seven eyes. That means it's, uh, the, he's all seeing. There's that that sevenfold spirit that we've we've kind of had a, a repetition of all the way through Revelation, and that that means the that's fully the life giving God. Seven means complete and whole, and the sevenfold spirit means fully, fully. Jesus is fully the life giving God. He is he is he is full the full spirit of God. Now. Chapter 5 continues in verse 9 and, and, and 10 says there's, there's this song expressing there's, that there's three reasons why the Lamb is worthy. First of all, the Lamb is worthy because He was slain. He's worthy because He was slain. He was killed. He was slaughtered. And this is, this is a historical fact. Jesus was r- crucified. The Lamb is worthy, secondly, because His blood has ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and nation. See, this is an interpretation of the historical fact. Jesus was crucified. He was slain. Here's the interpretation of that. His blood has ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and nation. Every people group, every skin color, every every background you have that you can think of, there is none that is uh, chosen to be more important or more close to God than any other. But His blood has ransomed people for, for God from every tribe, language, and nation. That's the interpretation of the historical fact of the crucifixion. And then it says, he made them a kingdom of priests for our God, and they are reigning on the earth. We, we covered this in chapter 1, that, that, that this is, this is uh, the result of the historical fact, the result of the crucifixion, the result of, a, of the, his blood ransoming us uh, for God. He has made us a kingdom of priests, and they are reigning on the earth. And we reign with Christ now. This is the church. This is us, and we reign with Christ even now. Not just in some future age, but now. Now, now, all of these images come together to provide this awe-inspiring image of who God is and underlines the message for the rest of, of Revelation that Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is God in the flesh. Jesus is the way. This is what this is what the revelation reveals. It's got full disclosure of God's plan, who Jesus is to us, in us, and through us. And so heavenly worship isn't just about what happens when you go to some other place. Heavenly worship takes place here and now. Most of us would love to see more people attend our church. I know Awaken Church. I mean, we would love to see more people attend uh, our church in person and online. Uh, but now <laughs> we understand something about you know our, our, our mission. Our mission is to be on the mission of Jesus. Uh, and, and being on mission is more important than being attractive. We want to attract people, but, but being on the mission is more important than being attractive. And, and if you've been here a minute, I hope you know that, that you're beginning that you know I hope you're beginning to understand that. That we see the mission and being being about the mission of Jesus 
far more important than trying to be attractive to any any people or any age group. But the but but the being missional and attractive aren't mutually exclusive. I, I believe a healthy church will be both uh, missional and attractive. See, church growth research is out there, and it's kind of taken all kinds of turns over the last year. But 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 the research has identified an attitude of praise as one of the most common factors for healthy growing churches. People are attracted to a positive atmosphere. They 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 are they have enough negativity in their daily lives. Can you hear me? Can, can you feel me? <laughs> they 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 very very few people want to be around others who focus on the negative. So. As we learn to praise and worship with with heavenly worship, God is glorified, we grow in our spiritual lives, and we will find our witness to the community becoming even more fruitful. So this is not a formula, like if you do A plus B times C, then, then God will be happy. But there are elements of corporate worship in these two chapters that we should employ when we gather and also do this privately. One is to enter into the presence of God. Enter into his presence. Jesus sees, or John sees the door open and, and, and he's invited to enter. And in chapter 4, verse 2, he says, Instantly I was in the Spirit. You cannot worship God if you're not in touch with him. This is much more than, than simply being physically present. It's called a spiritual experience for a reason. Another thing is to focus. You enter into the presence of God, but also focus on the perfection of God. What is it? What is the song in, in, in chapter 4, verse 8? Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, the one who always was and who is and is still to come. God is holy and all-powerful and all-knowing. God is eternal and the source of all things. We focus on the perfection of God. And then we give Jesus praise. We give Jesus praise in, in, in the song uh, in chapter 5, verses 9 through 13, we see all of heaven praising Jesus. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. Remember that Jesus died on the cross. This is what he did when he went to the cross. And, and that scripture, the scripture tells us Jesus is eternally God. He sacrificed himself for us, and he was established a never-ending spiritual kingdom. So we give Jesus praise. And then... As an act of worship, the spiritual experience, we bring Jesus our prayers. We bring Jesus our prayers. Remember the, the gold bowls filled with the incense carried by the 24 elders. These are the prayers of God's people. The way of some is to, is to look at yourself and look within for, for peace and strength. And, and most of us are stronger than we know, yes. But for others, it's, it's like... You look for someone else, like the government or inspiring person, a parent, a yogi, a pastor. You know, who are you looking to? This is, just reminds us, we need to look to Jesus in prayer. Bring Jesus your prayers. You're not bugging him. Like, like sometimes, you know, you think about a prayer being, uh, Dear Jesus, man, I hate to bother you. Uh, I know you're busy with stuff, but I kind of, you know, could you? I got this request. It's your prayers are the fragrance of sweet incense filling the throne room of God. So, let's see, what do we do with this? Well, let's take the next step. And I would say a couple of next steps. I would encourage you now to find some time and take communion. Now, communion is is, is really, from, and I really believe this, best served in, in this context of community. But also many times I have drawn so close to God 
and been able to enter the presence of God, focus on the perfection of God, give Jesus praise and bring Jesus my prayers by taking communion in a very intimate time, just myself. Take communion. Enter into the presence of God. Focus on His holiness and awesomeness. Praise Jesus for the cross and the resurrection, His body and His blood. And spend as much time in prayer as you want. Just have, just make it like there's nothing else on my agenda right now. I'm just going to go, I'm going to take communion. I'm going to focus on the crucifixion, the resurrection, what this, what taking these elements mean. And I'm just going to sit in this space of prayer for a while. Take that step. And I would love for you to take the, another step. Take this step and prepare yourself for our time together next week. And over this next week, read Revelations chapter 6 through 19. This is where, you know, when people talk about the crazy stuff of Revelations, these 14 chapters, chapter 6 through 19, that really uh, have a lot of this stuff in it. And so we have to keep reminding ourselves as we read through this section of Revelation what it's ultimately about. It's the revelation of Jesus. Full disclosure, God's plan is Jesus. He wants to encourage his followers to keep persevering through the struggle. Lord, we thank you for this ancient letter, which has at times been confusing. And still, we still can confess to you, Lord. It kind of is still in some ways. But Lord, we pray you would help us to not be confused. That this letter is not just an ancient letter, but it's timely for us today. It is the word of life if we understand that you're saying to us that in Jesus we have life and we have hope. That even in the midst of the struggle we can persevere. That you have given us what we need. That Jesus, you are the lion. You are, you are the symbol of strength and majesty. And you're also the lamb which was slain. The, the humble sacrifice. You're both and. And you are worthy. We are worthy. Lord, we look forward to digging deeper and having our understanding um, in you. As we look at these this, the seals that we just read about, seven seals, they're going to be opened. And we're going to be able to celebrate the glorious, the glorious arrival of the kingdom of God in our midst. For you have made us a kingdom of priests. Now, God, as you equip us, empower us, and release us, may we live as kingdom of priests. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Awaken Natchitoches podcast. It's our hope that you have been encouraged by today's message. Find out more about Awaken Church at awakenla.church or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Awaken Church LA.